0: Everyone in this podcast would know, but not all of our listeners know, is I am a I am Jones in a big way for a centrist party in this country. I got I got big plans for how that would work. And you really mean center right, to be clear.
1: No, well, you think it means a center right. I, 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 I wouldn't be. Uh,
0: I I, I want a proper centrist party, and I, and I could talk about what I think would be the winning platform for that. But um, because my, my idea of a centrist party would be more socially conservative and more economically left wing which is really what the median voter looks like in any sort of poll we look at. And by median voter, I mean a wide variety would look at the center of gravity in the American r- Republic is most people want universal care, and most people want social security to be well-established. Most people want to have a robust safety net. Most people don't want to be told uh, how they have to identify themselves. They don't like all the, the political correctness they don't like. So, I mean, like, I, I think that this is a fairly winnable position, but I wouldn't call it center, right? Right. I, Interesting. I, I would call it centrist. Um, um, and I think that that coalition is possible because it's mostly the social conservative types who get, as you were saying, like a, get a little teary eyed at the idea of the capital being besmirched who are like, screw this. And it's very often on the left, the, 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 the old, like the core Democrats who are primarily concerned with, you know, healthcare, the new deal, some great society programs and expanding those things. Who are like constantly being bludgeoned by all the stuff that either don't know or don't understand because most of them work for a living don't have time to keep up with the latest woke speak right so i think that, yeah. that if those two groups split off that would be a reasonable coalition that could coalesce in the center and even if they don't do it in their own party organization if they can establish real power within the two parties we could move back mm-hmm. to a 1960s era style congress and political system where we actually have overlap in the middle where compromises can be made i mean can we actually govern again and not all hate each other along partisan lines so again the structure of political parties is what i'm waiting to see change if that happens this media thinks for
1: real mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i would love to see like you know brandon and i are substantially on the same page politically there's very little daylight between us typically we just yeah I would, more, and more yeah huh, uh, which makes
2: our group chats really fun sometimes
1: i know i'm sorry micah <laughs> Um. Uh. Blah, 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 blah. But yeah. So I. I. I think. I think there's a real possibility for a co. Like a, a coalescing between like the traditional kind of like blue collar union uh Democrat voter that Brandon um just described, and then the um and like 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 a mod like and like a true center right um Republican voter um that, yeah, that is zero is percent interested in all the um. MAGA BS. Even they probably voted for Trump, but but they're not, you know, they're not what I would call the MAGA right. There's a difference to me between somebody who voted for Trump because they're a Republican and he's a Republican. And so that's what you do is you vote for the Republican. Um But
2: is he though? What? But is he but is he a Republican?
1: Yeah, well, regardless, I mean, no, I mean he's he's like uh like no, ideologically he's not. But but point being there's a difference to me between um like the the, the 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 voter who votes for Trump because they're a Republican and he's a Republican and like the MAGA voter anyway point being so there's a there's i think there's a real possibility for coalition between blue collar democrats and like a more and also there's like a possibility of pulling some of the non-crazy – like people – there is definitely some uh, independents and Republicans who voted for Trump because they like the economic populism. Um, and I think there's a chance to pull some of those voters into like a more um, a centrist coalition as Brandon describes. And
0: also I want to point out that my Max, magic pixie dream party would be an ideal place for Christians <laughs> to hang out.
1: It really would be. I mean yeah. it's economically
0: mm-hmm. left-wing and socially sort of moderately conservative like – I can
2: imagine a lot of Christians kind of being like, "Finally,"
1: <laughs> like the American Solidarity Party, except not stupid.
2: I just don't. This, this. Now that we're talking about our dreams, um, I'll just mention that. Like, I still don't see in the scenario the the thing that the the fly in my ointment here, as always, is climate change. Like, I don't see how a centrist party saves the planet from from the end of our civilization
1: by being really big on renewable energy. Would be my guess. And also,
0: because also, uh, I think doing things would be helpful.
1: Yeah, you know, like a pa- like passing actual legislation I mean, right now. Oh, they- that, that,
2: well that that was actually that was actually where I wanted to go, and I sort of forgot. Yeah. Um, I think the real difference that we're seeing, like as of like this week, yeah. which I really hope continues, though it hasn't been the case for like at least a decade, at least, is. We haven't seen Congress take leadership. Oh, more than a, at all. Yeah, I know for sure. Mm-hmm. At all. But, I, but I mean, at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At all. At all. In like at least a decade, yeah. and in some ways more than a decade. Um, and I, 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 I hesitate to even dare to be optimistic on this, but uh, I would love to see a robust, assertive Congress that takes back its power.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and what you know what would really help with that. Wait for it. A third party. <laughs> <laughs> because what it would mean is that it would mean that you'd almost always, you'd almost never have a solid majority for the president's party in, in Congress. You'd have to have, you'd have to be doing st- stitch up coalitions again whenever the president wanted to legislate. It'd be like the '60s.
2: Like, well, we'd have to change the whole voting system to get, make third parties viable. No, there's there's a
0: there's there's a there's a there's a there's a workaround to 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 this problem, and the workaround is is that. You have a centrist party that competes in the left in the in, in the in, in the more conservative states and competes on the right in more and more left-wing states, and they crowd out the alter because the way it works in in, in our two party system is the two party pressure exists at the district level largely. So so long or the state level. So so long as there's only two real strong viable parties in that system, that's fine. You can have three nationally. This is this is the way it works in Canada, for example. They have they have different pro- provinces have different parties that are dominant. But they, not very few of them have lots of parties competing at one time. And you could have a very similar situation in the United States where you have – so, for example, in New York State, you'd have Magic Pixie Dream Party and the Democratic Party. And then in Alabama, you'd have the Magic Pixie Dream Party and the Republican Party. And the Democrats would exist there, and they'd be a rump party that never wins. And Republicans would exist in New York and they'd be a rump party that never wins. Um,
2: But they would so – You're really you're really effectively talking about a one-party state. No. What? Oh, oh yeah. I thought you were saying in each of these situations the Magic Pixie Dream Party would always win. No, 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 no. It, it, would no, no, form,
0: no. it would form the opposition to the to the de facto strongest party there. So in New York State, there'd be a regional opposition to the Democratic Party by the Magic Pixie Dream Party, and in, in Alabama, there'd be a legitimate opposition to the uh, to the to the right wing uh, Republican Party from the Magic Pixie Dream Party. So there'd be two there'd be two party competition in all those places, but nationally there'd be three parties that are active in, in mm-hmm. the in the federal Congress.
1: Right. So instead of having these landslide states, yeah. you know, like you know, Vermont, like there's no question ever about how Vermont goes Why or New them? York. Uh, yeah, uh huh, or Alabama. Um, but so you could have an actual or Georgia.
2: I mean, oops.
1: Yeah, well, but you know, but there are still some states where that's not like a Georgia situation. Like, like don't even tell me that a Georgia situation is going to happen in New York in reverse. It's not, not anytime soon. Um, so, so, but in the point. So the places that are nothing like Georgia, there could actually be like legit, like a legit, uh, you know, tension. You know, like um. Two two parties like a two party a two party um state which would be fantastic.
2: No, no, I, I guess my magic pixie dream party would be the Democrats become a one party rule. Hold on and wait 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 wait. You got to hear me out on this before you judge. <laughs> the Democrats essentially become a one party state for this country, um because they win the whole deep South because they organize in the deep South and the deep South, you know, can could go blue easy. Uh-huh. Um and so they become they become the the we, the United States essentially becomes a one party state. And then you get a viable left party challenging the Democratic Party in the way you just described.
0: Oh, that's that's
2: Micah.
1: That is Micah. <laughs> there
0: were so many conversations in this podcast where you went in a different direction than I thought you would. And
2: now you've returned to form. I'm like, there he is. There he is.
1: <laughs> the Micah we all know and love.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm not I'm sorry. I'm not a conservative. No,
1: I know you're not a conservative. <laughs> Nobody here thinks you are.
2: Well, Brandon was was nursing hope there for a minute. Oh, I think there is hope. I think I think you you have you have
0: uh, a uh, you have a lot of attributes that would that, that that would that would gear you towards a conservative position if only I can make one palatable enough for you. I will. Well, look, I'm I'm,
2: I'm I'm this problematic creature because I am I am I am economically pretty far left, and I am uh, culturally moderate, and I hate identity politics. Sounds like you'd yeah, love to be your dream party, bro.
1: I know. It's so funny. Cause like you're not, I mean, you are farther, farther economically left than either Brandon and I, but and I think you're and you're also less socially conservative than either Brandon and I, but you're not that crazily far apart. I don't know. But you have an attachment, you have an attachment to the left in a way that like I, for example, neither Brandon and I does, I feel I like I do
2: not have an attachment to the left. I have an attachment to uh I have an attachment to the policies that the left is advocating, and I have an attachment to not, not destroying our civilization through climate change.
0: I mean, I would point out the politics of climate change is really interesting from, from a political scientist perspective because up until – when was it? it? It varies across different Western countries, right? But basically until the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, most of Western Western political system had, had reached the current status by the end of the 1990s. By the end of the 1990s, environmentalist politics was considered left-wing. But up until that point, it was a centrist issue. Environmentalism and climate change concern was centrist until in – diff- in most countries, when it entered this, the political d- discussion, it became a big deal in the 60s and 70s. And it slowly moved to the left. But now, in our generation, it's deemed like almost inseparable from left-wing politics if, if you, if you want to save the planet – you've got to go left because those issues have fallen into it. But I I don't see any necessary connection there.
1: Right. To me, it should be more like a jobs infrastructure centrist, like bread and butter.
2: I I agree. Like there's no necessary connection between progressivism and environmentalism.
1: I'm going to blame. Like, I mean, I'm always, you know me, I'm always throwing progressives under the bus because I had so many bad issues.
2: I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you because this is documented. Mm -hmm. There's been, there's been a, um, a concerted effort over the last several decades by the Koch brothers and others to make this a left-wing issue and make it something that, like, the right should hate. Like th- this, this is not an accident. Like this was engineered.
0: Which explains the U.S. case, perhaps, but it doesn't explain the dynamics because it's happened very much across across the uh, across Western political systems. Well, this, this,
2: this is where my Marxist my Marxist research comes in. There's this thing called the ruling class, right? And right. they are, in fact, international. Right,
0: and, and and this is why Marxism is ridiculous, is that <laughs> – is, is yeah?
2: There's you don't, think, you, don't think the, you don't think the ruling class is I don't, is think, I don't think that there's,
0: there's a demonic force called the ruling class that has magical powers to make the world do things. I think that there are well, – no, well, let me finish. That there are mechanisms and okay, processes okay. that they actually have to go through. And the fact that many of these countries don't even have really easy access for lobbying and organizations and the influence of the ruling class in the, in the way that we think about in American politics – <clears throat> renders those kind of analyses to me laughable. Like in the U.S. case, with so many uh, uh, points of entry for for ruling class organized interests, I mean it's a it's a it's a it's a character study in rent seeking and, uh, and and lobbying and corruption. But if you look at a lot of parliamentary democracies, is that they're actually pretty hard to be corrupted in the same way. So I don't think the ruling class has the same methods or abilities to shape politics. What I think has happened. Is that the solutions that we have tended to advocate for environmentalism combined with certain social aspects have led to it sort of gravitating towards the left over time. <clears throat> and the instant that the left-wing parties have success with it, right-wing parties will now start to oppose it because that's the nature of political competition.
2: I think I, I I don't think there's enough disagreement here to be interesting, but I do but, I, but I, I do think there's some disagreement, but I don't think it's enough to be interesting. I mean, I can I um, can say
1: my piece about how I think progressives have framed it really badly, and I, I'm going to blame a lot of the polarization on this issue on them. I, I maybe I maybe, <laughs> we might well disagree there.
2: <laughs> well, we would, but I, I still don't think it would be interesting. Um, <laughs> oh, no, because I'm
1: so boring.
2: I, I I I think your I think your your knee jerk reaction to throw progressives under the bus is actually a little bit boring since I also hate progressives, <laughs> um, but I <laughs> um, I I I I think uh, I but I think look I think the interesting thing I think the actual interesting thing here is where we is where we agree which is and which but which doesn't occur which doesn't occur to most Americans most of the time which is that environmentalism is not. Like there's no there's no rational reason for it to be a left wing issue, right? right? Hmm. Um, and I think that's actually the interesting interesting part. Um, and so, but yeah, and and another thing I was thinking was honestly, like, I think environmentalism is a is a part of a very small group of issues that is is essentially the abortion of the left. Of like, well, I gotta like Nancy Pelosi is the devil, but like, or Joe Biden is the devil, but he's probably gonna do more about climate change than Donald Trump or whoever we get from the right. Right. And like, since I believe this is like this, this it is like, for me, this is like the abortion because like, this is fundamental bedrock. Like this is like my number one. And, and it's like, just, just like, just like, you know, a lot, a lot of folks in, in Rosemary land think abortion is literal murder. I think climate change is literal murder. Um, and so like it, 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 uh, when I have to make a choice, between a terrible politician who will advocate even in some small way for for climate for reducing climate change versus another terrible politician who i know won't i gotta pick the first terrible politician
1: right i mean i i i broadly agree with that like i so i split my ticket this election uh like based on uh, based largely on uh like abortion on one side and climate change on the other well also Trump but probably even if it hadn't been Trump on the Republican ticket I would have split my ticket um based on climate so I voted Biden uh and for the for the Democrat and then I voted uh democrat nationally of uh, entirely for because because Trump was at the top of the ticket so I wasn't going to vote for him and then I voted uh, purely because of climate change basically for the um for the uh Like for my uh, uh, state representative to Congress, my senator wasn't on the uh, ballot or I probably would have voted against him for um, uh, other reasons, for like uh, polarization reasons, um, because I think he's – don't even get me started. Anyway, but then on the local level, I voted uh, Republican uh, purely, purely uh, because of the um, New York's late-term abortion laws and also um, bail reform that I don't approve of, so – yeah anyway point being point being yes i agree i agree for me that's a, it's a polar it's an issue like abortion and climate change are my two big issues
0: yeah i, I think my, my, my position on climate change is that it's it's too big an issue to to trust to politicians who would want to just give me what i want on, or say what i want to hear on it mm. right i i think I, i'm because of how serious it is, I tend to think a little bit more strategically in long run and, and try to – I look at what I think we need to do, and I look at the situation that we see, and I, and I ask these, these different candidates what I think will get us to the place where we can actually realistically do those things. And I don't think it's left-wing politicians saying radically environmental things now. Uh, right.
1: I, I, I actually I – yeah, yeah I totally to agree. Is, it's like I was. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Go on.
0: one, my number one issue is that without re- without really seriously addressing the, the solidarity issue in the country, both socially, economically, and so on, there is no realistic chance for the most well meaning and beautifully spoken environmentalist politician to do jack or squat that is necessary. So for me, I'm voting for someone who's going to get us to a place where I think we can do stuff. And if that person may not be very environmentalist right now, that person might be a Republican. I don't see them right now, but I can imagine one. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of the local level that I could, I could imagine voting for in those circumstances that I think could get us to a place where we can actually start having serious conversations about large scale policy. But in the meantime, do a lot of smaller scale things that will help buy us some time. Um, What what this all means is that I just don't like, like along with Micah, I just don't think that it's it's directly tied to left-wing politics, but I think it's a bit more interesting than that, that there's a, there's a strategic element in terms of thinking about what needs to happen first. And I think what needs to happen first is we need to become governable and a people who actually genuinely care about each other and our future generations. And we're not so totally busy, f- focused on, like, whatever the current media spat is between Twitter team A and Twitter team B. If the, as, long as, as long as that defines our politics, we can't do the kinds of things that are required to deal with climate change.
1: That gets back to the thing that Micah and I were arguing about earlier, which is that I think polarization is an issue in and of itself, like, regardless of why... Like, 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 yeah, the, the fact that we argue so intensely, like, that is an issue in and of itself, regardless of the reasons behind the polarization. Like, it's it's an issue in a vacuum.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Micah. Well, so what, what brought to mind, you talked about like needing to be able to do things. And what that actually brought to my mind was, uh, you may have heard of Naomi Klein's one of her more recent books, uh, This Changes Everything. Oh, yeah. And her thesis is essentially that, um, climate change is opposed by the right i'm not necessarily convinced by her argument entirely but i think it's worth considering um her argument is that uh environmental justice is actually a left-wing issue and the reason that is is because there's no way to get there without a broad leftist program of economic justice yeah and that that yeah and and, (laughs) and that and that the uh and that the the actual road to environmental justice yeah. is through e- economic, economic and social justice. Oh, that
0: I agree with. Okay, economic justice, yes. Social justice, I'm I'm not as sure about, but I definitely agree with. Well,
2: you. when I, when I say social justice, I don't mean I don't mean like ha- having having eighteen having eighteen pronouns that you can select from, or right. something Like that.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's why I prefer the term solidarity, which I think has gotten lost. We won't talk about it as much as we used to because I'm an old leftist. Hard that if I have any leftist DNA, it's all old left DNA. In the old left were much more concerned with solidarity than they are. With, they were with broad theoretical conception of social justice, and I, I think that the yeah, more important so,
2: thing. I, I we agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, this, and honestly, this is one of the things that holds the show together. Is that I'm not an id poll an, an id apologist. Like that's not where I go. Um, but so I know uh, it'd be a more I, interesting show if you were in some way. It, <laughs> it, it, it might. Adrian needs to up her game. Uh, you know, bring, bring we, we all know, know people yeah we all know way Um, too many people the problem is we would need someone who is woke but also not a totalitarian right because it's no it's no it's no fun to argue with a zealot but when i think about the kind of the kind of big term big think big thinking strategy that brandon's talking about i think of like we need lead i don't expect the mob on either side to be able to provide this kind of leadership the mob doesn't provide leadership the mob are the children who need to who need to be put in time out if they act up too much um yeah um, but but people, people who are who are actually thinking straight and are doing their civic duty and understand and, and have done the work to understand the system to some degree uh, and who are taking leadership. Leadership needs to take leadership and not be driven by the mob and also needs to operate in a space of transactional politics where we don't have to agree about everything and we don't have to be best friends to work together towards shared goals. Even if it means like we're going to be fighting each other next year about a different thing, this year we can make progress on this, right, but, that we actually do agree
0: But in. I actually I want to say one thing because it was on, on one our, I wish this wasn't patrons I want to say because I wish all of our listeners heard this point. But one of the things I think is often forgotten is that in the process of letting go of your differences and working together on the common goal, you can often sway your opponent or be swayed yourself into a new point of compromise mm-hmm. on an unrelated issue. Mm, right? mm-hmm, this is often mm-hmm. how party coalitions have formed and changed over time in american politics has been they come together on a particular issue they work together on that issue and then they both fundamentally change from that encounter in ways that makes it easier for them to work together on future issues but very often people think about it in terms of like it's a one they keep, they don't think that this is like a very i think a very christian view right this idea that by this engagement in the spirit of working together in love and cooperation that we can be fundamentally changed in ways we wouldn't have possibly uh, seen beforehand this is often forgotten when we're doing like shrewd political calculus we 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 think uh, exactly the way Micah said it um well we're going to cooperate today and then tomorrow maybe we won't we we we, we may not be friends but that's fine but like well maybe you be even more friends right that possibility is often neglected as like that might be what you want to go for right mm. right
2: and I think um Can I say one my story understanding? about this? Sure, yeah, yeah. I love to talk about it.
0: so in the Netherlands it was totally weird to me. Like gay politics in the Netherlands are super strange. And they're super strange because Christian Democrats and liberals, right wing liberals in in, in in the Netherlands, back in the eighties, decided that they were more interested in integrating and working on common issues with the gay rights movement. And preserving certain traditional norms than they were in, like, bashing the crap out of this issue of of, uh, of same-sex marriage. So they were like, okay, we're going to extend civil unions because we want to have, like, the norms of kind of, like, Christian relationships and family formation to be norm- normative among homosexuals. So they, they were way out there. Like, Christian Democrats are way up there earlier on. And now you have a situation, this is mind-blowing for our listeners, where the far-right movement in the Netherlands was created by a gay sociology professor. Like, he was their far-right, the creator of the far-right movement. That could have only happened in the Netherlands, and the reason why is because gay people in the Netherlands are so integrated into traditional Dutch life now that they are alarmed by its threat by, in this case, Islamic outsiders, and the, and the threat that, that might pose to gay rights. And they're like, so the far-right parts of the Netherlands to to an individual, every single one of them, is militant on gay rights. Like, their, their whole argument in opposition to Islam is because of this. And my point is, like, you have the example of the gay rights movement marching arm-in-arm arm for rights with these groups that they disagreed on so many other issues. A decade and a half later, th- these people are so integrated that they basically are founding far-right movements that are completely unable to be imagined here. And that all comes from, like, this... Undulating sort of process of working together on common issues and having both sides change for the for the, for the process. And at least the situation in the Netherlands, that the political culture here around sexual politics is just so bizarre from an American perspective, because it's just the 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 process was so different and so much more cooperative earlier on.
2: You just need a shared enemy in Islam.
0: <laughs> now, well, uh, that's the, that's the far right movement, right? But the idea is they they were so together on so many different points they could they could find that movie, they could find their way there. That's hard to imagine in a U.S. or U.K. political context, for example. But, but I think yeah. this speaks to the, the politics of the, the, the fact that the politics of love are not things that we think about very much when we're, when we're, when we're doing our political analysis. I, mean, I think we often should more than we do.